It can't be that bad, oh, 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 it can't be that bad. I don't know, what was that horrible DC movie? Shazam. Which one? Uh, Superman. All of them. Suicide Squad. No, they're Wonder all together. Woman. Justice League. Justice. Wonder Woman. The Justice League on Spank Bang. Shout out Spank Bang. Thanks for the free week. Spank Bang. <laughs> Honestly, you probably could have got that movie for free from DC. <laughs> <laughs> they're just they're handing like, it out. I'll give you five dollars. Please take this movie. They should release the Snyder Cut, though. That's supposed to be where it's That's at. That's a hashtag. That is release hashtag the release the Snyder Cut. Hey, yeah. everybody. We want to say welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of ICBTB Podcast. My name is Alejandro. And my name is Christian. And we are the hosts of this, this podcast. If you guys are first time listeners and you guys don't know what this thing is about, we are a podcast that defends bad movies. Uh, and if you're a person who's been listening since the beginning, you got to hear it again. Yeah. Thanks for uh, sticking around with us. Uh, I know we are very entertaining, uh, and we we are the two best buds that you know. We're the two best friends uh, that, that anyone can has. have. We're the two, two best friends that anyone can have. have. We We're don't own the rights to that song, just so you know. Nope, that's Zach um, Galifianakis' song from The Hangover. But it's the three best friends that anybody could have. Yeah, because Shut Otis up, is in the Otis. room. Shut up, Otis. Otis, you can keep talking. Shut I, up, Otis. Hey, you calm the fuck down hi baddies i know we hey. finally turned his mic on for the whole episode and this is how he's using it usually we keep it off until he has to say something oh, and dude. this is what i'm saying dude <laughs> ever since we had that episode where the title was um blah 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 and otis gets a mic we've had some people come to us saying why does otis get a mic what do you mean do they not think he deserves one no they think we l- bought him a mic that he gets to take <laughs> home. They literally thought we bought him this expensive microphone. No, 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 no. He pays rent. Yeah, uh, he pays rent in kisses. So stop kissing. Mm. <laughs> That's three dollars. A, a little Hey-o. bit. That was a slobber. Um, so we do movies here. Yeah. And by do movies, I mean we watch them. Yeah, with our eyes and our ears. Mm-hmm. And we use our hearts. To feel compassion. Because that's what movies are about. It's about emotion and feeling emotion. I've once heard that acting is just reacting. I've once heard that acting is just reacting. <laughs> I am we- i don't know where you heard that from. I'm just reacting to you, dude. We watched a movie that's called Arizona. Arizona. Uh, it's uh, not about the state almost at all. It's more about the 2009 housing bubble crisis. <laughs> really? It's very depressing. <laughs> it's actually incredible dark comedy. I've said this right before we recorded. I texted this to you and I've been just shouting it to people I meet. Yeah. This is the type of movie why I wanted to do a podcast for. Yeah, it's it's uh, unknown. It's not It's unknown. Underrated. It's underrated. It's got people that everybody knows. It is a funny movie that does not get the credit that it no, deserves. No, not at all. It's starring Danny McBride. It is. Yeah, Eastbound and, really, and Down. Uh, if you don't know him, he, he's also known as Eastbound and Down. Yeah, that is his name. Luke Wilson's also in this movie. Yeah, dude. Alan... David Allen Greer. David Allen Greer. Who's, if you don't know him, he was on the short-lived Chocolate News, which uh, aired on Comedy Central for about one minute. He was also in, in Living Color, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. I'd believe that. I would for sure believe that. But yeah, this movie is crazy. Um... And it, it, if you're looking for that type of movie where it's just a mixture of multiple uh, genres, it's like a, a, a horror, a dark mm-hmm. comedy. For sure, it's dark comedy. suspenseful. It's kind of action-packed. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I was all for it, dude. I was watching this at like 2 in the morning, and I thought I was going to fall asleep to it and like restart in the morning. Stayed up until like 4. 
this movie, yeah, I watched this movie once um, on act, not on accident, but I kind of stumbled upon it on HBO Go, and uh-huh. then I just watched it. And then when we were looking for movies to do, I was like, hey, you know what, I want to because what had happened is I started it, I fell asleep, woke mm-hmm. up at the end, and was like, what, what? is what's going on? Happening? There is so much blood. So I really wanted to see the whole movie and see how it progresses and uh-huh. stuff like that. Um, let's just jump into the nitty gritty for it then. Yeah, itty bitty nitty gritty committee. Itty bitty nitty bitty. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie is called Arizona. It was released in 2018. I believe it's rated R. Uh, and it has a runtime of one hour, 25 minutes. Uh, or for Melissa, it's um, 85 minutes. Every single time I tell you, she understands the conversion, dude. And just in case she doesn't want to do the math, bro. Uh, I'm doing it for her. Wow. I'm doing it for her. You are so nice. Yeah. I, hey, Melissa. Yeah, so stick down your pipe and shove it, Melissa. Hey, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? Easy there, tiger. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Otis. There at least some chivalry exists. Yeah, not in this world. Um it has a 5.7 out of 10 on IMDb mm-hmm. uh, and a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Nice. Christian, what percentage of Google users approve of this film? Otis, drum roll, please. There you go. <laughs> uh, don't you. Yeah, say it now because he stopped. <laughs> All right. 82%. That is uh, too high. It is 75%. Damn, that is low. That is a C average. I think it's very underrated. I don't. Because I, I really think this movie is funny. Yeah. Seth I, Rogen's in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, this is this has got some... It's Dude, apparently Seth Rogen uh, did this film as a favor to Danny McBride. So I believe it's it. not. I he's don't uncredited. think he wanted to be. He's uncredited. He's not, yeah, at the end, he's not in there. Uh, so I think that means he did get paid for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was just in there. But his part was funny. Uh, synapses coming at you. Right at you. Real short one for you. Almost a log line more than a synapsis. Really? Casey is a single mother and a real estate agent whose problems go from bad to worse when a disgruntled client kidnaps her. Yeah, that's about it. That kind of summarizes it without spoiling any of it. Because any further, then it would be they wildly spoiled. You can't really say much more because it doesn't really... There's really not much more to know. Yeah. Um, well, let's just break it down. So, um, Casey's a, a realtor. Yeah, so it's starring Danny McBride, Rosemary DeWitt... Um, Catherine, uh, Caitlin Olson from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Yes, she's Luke fantastic. Wilson, uh, and then David Allen Gear. Uh, Rosemary DeWitt is playing a, a woman named a gentleman. A woman. She's playing Cassie. Mm-hmm. She looks kind of good, dude. She looks all right. And like at that age, I'd be fine to have a wife of that physicality. Yeah, she's definitely made it work. I mean, she spends like the last twenty minutes topless, but in a bra, yeah. not topless. There, it's it's not top full, but it's not topless. It's not full frontal, but it's she ain't wearing top. a shirt. Yeah. Um. So she is a real estate agent in a development or a city in Arizona, a small town in Arizona, uh, that is like a bustling suburban neighborhood. Uh-huh. It's right after the housing crisis, uh, so not a lot of people are buying houses. A lot of houses are being foreclosed. Um, and this neighborhood that was supposed to be really nice and popping is not. No. I do want to ask you, have you ever been to a neighborhood like that? Have you ever been, not one that's like um, boarded up like that, but like a suburban neighborhood in the middle of nowhere that you can tell like was built. Oh, Otis, you kind of live in a place like that. What was your question again, Alex? It's like a, <laughs> it's like a suburban place that's kind of like sequestered from other places. They clearly built these houses with the intention to make a suburban neighborhood mm-hmm. around a golf course. Yes. 
Um, yeah, you live in a pretty, I would say bougie, a bougie neighborhood. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't act like your house is some tin can here, no, Christian. But in comparison, hey, you used to live in this neighborhood this too, dude. Yeah, I was just going to point that out. <laughs> if you're trying to use <laughs> that as ammunition, man, you lived three <laughs> houses went, down from me. went from a nice house to a nicer house. Dude, and in your nicer house, you ha- own all of upstairs. And you have a wine fridge? <laughs> you have something called the loft. <laughs> Anyways, back to the question, Alex. <laughs> Uh, I guess I was. My question was: Have you ever been to a place like this? And and it was more to Christian because you've been to a place like this. I live in a place like that. Christian, have you ever been to a place besides Otis's? Um, <laughs> to a place beside Otis's. You ever been to a place besides Otis's place? I only stay either in this home or, or Otis's home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but I've been to Arizona. Have you ever been to Arizona? No, I've never been to Arizona. Otis, you've been to Arizona. I've flown through Arizona. Michaela, you ever been to Arizona? Yes, I have. Michaela Newsom's here today also. Yeah, big Twice round of applause for Michaela Newsom. Mm, double tap. Ooh. Um, yeah, so I've been to like a neighborhood very similar to this in Arizona. Uh-huh. Uh, Tell so me about it. it. It's just, it wasn't boarded up like that at all, but it was very, you know, you take a left turn, you take a left turn, you take a left turn, and you're like four turns deep in the middle of this labyrinth of homes. Yeah. You know? Well, that's a good way to put it. That Thank is you. a good way to put it. It really is like a labyrinth, and it's... It's kind of depressing. They, make, dude. they do kind of make that joke where they get lost trying to get out of the, you know, the the housing complex. They try. Yeah. They get lost when she gets. We'll get to it. Um, Casey, Cassie, uh, Cass- Casey. I can't even remember Cassie. now. But the main girl, yeah, uh, she is a real estate agent, and she goes to work one day, and she's just getting berated by her boss, who is an asshole. Yeah, and her boss is played by Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. And the funny thing about that situation is that she came to Arizona, specifically that neighborhood, with high hopes. And who was the real estate agent that sold her her home? Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. And he promised her that the property value would go up, and mm-hmm. this is a great neighborhood. Everything's moving, going. Which is basically mirroring everything that she was telling her clients at the beginning of the movie. Mirroring everything that everybody was told in 2007. Dude, that first scene was crazy because she was trying to sell that house to the clients, right? Mm-hmm. And in the distance, she hears this scream. And uh, she was just saying, It's a terrifying scream. Oh, it's just kids playing. And the scream continues. And it's just like, Oh, fuck, that's Samantha. It's something else. And she realizes that there's a, uh, and I think she thinks it's the woman in the house who's screaming, right? So she runs over to the next door neighbor's house. They go upstairs, and one of the real estate agents. Is hanging himself because the housing bubble just popped. Hey, but he ain't dead. <laughs> no, he's not. They rip him down. They yeah. rip the fan out of the ceiling. And, and they're like, get he's, him. He's like, kill me. <laughs> kill Whoa. me. That's like the opening scene. That is the opening scene. Is a guy it cuts after that. Praying that he wants this woman to kill the him. The funny part about that is that when they rip him down from the ceiling fan, it rips the ceiling fan Hits down right, and in it, right in the face. And he has a bloody face. And he's like, kill me. And that sets the mood for the entire movie. Yeah, you guys, I know it doesn't sound funny, but it is mm-hmm. so seth rogan is an asshole and uh 100 which was crazy because seth rogan is not usually that big of a plays douche. a good douche yeah he plays a good douche but this guy was just a hundred percent dick casey gets a call from the bank and so she's distracted by a phone call when one of the clients comes in uh danny mcbride with uh-huh. bleached blonde <laughs> hair uh, Danny McBride looking like a, a justin timberlake a visor guy. <laughs> a visor this he dick. walks in and he's pissed at seth rogan he's yelling at seth rogan and casey excuses herself so she can finish her phone call in private uh and as she's on this phone call you hear seth rogan and danny mcbride having a scuffle they're fighting each other and then they they, the fight spills outside and then danny mcbride pushes seth rogan over a ledge Uh and seth rogan (laughs) 
slams into a car and dies. Yeah. And then so uh, Casey sees this entire thing. She's freaking out. She's on the phone still. She hangs up. Danny McBride turns around and sees her. And she's like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. Danny McBride comes up to her and says, it was an accident. It was It was an accident. Um, goes, uh, hey, I don't, I, I don't know what you saw over there, but what you saw was self-defense. It was self-defense. He was pushing me first. He started it. Uh, he hits her in the head. He's like, all right, we'll call the police. She's like, he hits her in the head with a, a phone. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, like a landline because, phone. Because she's like, we should call the police. He's like, all right, all right, I'll call the police. And then he picks up the phone. He's like, I'm really sorry. I'm a good person. And yeah. then knocks her out with the phone. Which is crazy. And then she just wakes up. In uh, his house. Yes. Well, okay, in a house. And she's confronted by a masked person. Yes. And the mask is just <laughs> a zip-up hoodie. Put on backwards with eye holes and a mouth hole cut out. And he's got the hood on. And he's talking to her. And as he's like telling her, hey, you know, I don't know what you saw back there, but we're going to work this out. His golden lab hops up on the couch and puts his head on her lap. He's like, oh, Lou's really taking a liking to you. And he's petting his dog. And he goes, hey, you want to take a tour of my house? Yeah. First of all, this is all crazy because she already knows what he looks she, like. Yeah, she knows. She knows it's a client. She knows that he murdered Seth Rogen. Yeah, but he's um, taking this opportunity when he kidnapped her into her house. He's like, "Okay, let's. Uh, this is my in-home gym." So he oh, here's the line. So when he pushes Seth Rogen over, he's like, "Hey." I didn't know what was going to happen. Um, whatever Seth Rogen's character's name is, he's like, mm-hmm. he uh, he went and fell, and I thought he'd catch himself, but nope, he didn't, and it was <laughs> gross. <laughs> yeah, it just like pans out. You see Seth Rogen on the floor, blood. blood. This is a gruesome movie. Very violent. Yeah. Um, so he takes her on a tour of the house, and it's interesting because you can tell that uh, Danny McBride, uh, ha- he's telling her, hey, I just went through a divorce. He goes, this is my gym. It used to be my wife's office. Uh-huh. Uh, he's like, I'm going to get buff as fuck, though. Uh-huh. He is so confident in his home. He's like, I'm going to make her so jealous. And then he takes her outside, and he's like, this is going to be where I'm going to put the pool. Uh-huh. I'm thinking of putting a real sexy swim-up bar right here. Yeah, it's going to be real sexy. Uh, this is supposed to be a ninth uh, a ninth hole. Neither, uh- but they didn't But they didn't finish the golf course. I think it's a breach of contract, but they said it wasn't in the contract, so whatever. Uh-huh. This Danny McBride has the best lines. So funny. Um, um, did he he wrote this I believe or he produced no, it at the helped, very least he helped produce it but mm-hmm. I, I, he just I don't think he wrote part of it mm-hmm. um, then he takes her to he has, says one of my favorite lines he goes I got this staircase added because it reminds me of the one from Different Strokes <laughs> And it does look like the staircase <laughs> from different like, strokes. He was like, You ever seen that? <laughs> it's exactly the staircase from different strokes. <laughs> then he takes it to a bookshelf and there's family <laughs> photos. He's like, These are my kids. These are my two kids. That's, that's my first ex wife, and that's me. Yeah. And it's just a photo of him. Mm-hmm. And then he looks at it and he goes, I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna remove my mask right my mask. now. <laughs> I trust you. I trust you now. He he removes his mask. You see, it's Danny McBride. And then immediately afterwards, he like does something to the shelf. No, he, goes, and- he, goes, he goes, You wanna see something cool? She goes, yeah, and he pulls a book down, and then the shelf, the bookshelf opens up, hella guns. He's got like two Glocks, he's got a 40 cal, he's got revolvers, he's got hella, because it's Arizona, and you get cool guns in Arizona. Jeez, yeah. Gotta love red states for cool guns, bro. God, I hate California. Um, You could go to Arizona, man. (laughs) uh, I'm not a fan of conservatives. Um, (laughs) The thing that I really liked about this movie was his like quick little lines that he has that he just kind of throws away and doesn't really think about it, right? No. So at one point he ties Casey to a chair, uh-huh. uh, and he has a he has a knife in his hand. Yes, and and she's like trying to fight him off. He's like, "Stop, stop!" He goes, "This is a Ginsu knife. 
from coals. It'll cut you through like a piece of fucking jerky. It'll cut through your bone like butter. It'll cut to your bone like butter. And then he like trying he's trying to taper and she kicks the knife. He's like, "Stop, Casey, stop. Uh-huh. Just stop, okay?" Mm-hmm. He goes, "Um, the dog's barking at him." He's like, "Fuck." He goes, uh, I'm going to have to take him for a walk so he can take a shit. Otherwise, he's not going to stop barking, and yeah. I don't want to hear this all night. Yes, and as he takes his dog out for a walk, he's golfing at the same time. Yeah, well, he takes a tennis ball, which is actually a really good way to get your dog's energy out, especially uh-huh. Golden Lab. It's going to have a lot of energy. you got to tire that fucker out. Yeah, that, that looked out. like a good dog. So you put the golf or you put the tennis ball on the tee. You get the dri- Although I did notice he was using a driver and only hit that tennis ball about 50 yards. And if he's only getting a tennis ball 50 yards, Otis, let him know. He sucks. Yeah. Yeah, and he he's flexing like he is a golf pro. Uh, I'll tell you what he does really well with that golf club. Smacks his ex-wife in the back of the head Dude, with Dude, that's it. right, and his ex-wife is played by... Caitlin Olsen. Yep, from Always Sunny in Philadelphia. She plays D Reynolds, uh, and she still looks like a bird. She, I like her. I think she looks good. Her I mean, comedy is not an ugly woman. woman. She looks like a bird. No, she's down. Or, she's down. I'm sorry. Um, she I'm down. She does not look like a bird. No, yeah, she does not. D looks not. like a bird. What kind of bird? I don't know, a bird bird, I don't know. A bird, a bird bird. Uh, speaking which of which. is the state bird of Arizona. <laughs> really? A bird? A bird bird. Bird bird, because I can't name them. Fun fact, <laughs> this is actually the anniversary of the great emu war of Australia. Uh, you guys can Google that. Um, Google me, bitch. That's from a different movie. I'm going to make it my tagline. It's, it's really fun. I'm going to say that to my mom downstairs. I want to say, oh, please do it before I leave today. I will say it. Dude, my mom's been kind of chill. What's do up? not make your mom cry, okay? Dude, I'm not going <laughs> yeah, to. Don't say bitch. Don't add bitch. Just no, tell no. your mom to Google you. Let me talk about this. My mom's been like, I've been kind of, because when I was growing up in high school, I could not even say the word damn. She'd be like, Christian, don't curse in this house. And I... Now that I'm getting older and now she's like letting me like have alcohol in the house mm-hmm. and whatnot and like I'm trying to like just shoo in like curse words here and there. Hell so like damn. yeah, hell, damn. Um I'm s i am I can say shit now. Oh shit shit's like the next step. I could shit's start to PG say, movies. Yeah, yeah. You get like one or You're two. So right? so if you if your mom was the MPAA, she's now PG or PG thirteen? No, she's uh, she's a solid PG. She's like a No a, R dude. Really? I can say Triple fuck X rated. I could say three fucks around her and she'll be like uh, Christian, enough. Christian no f my mom my mom's kind of done the same thing with me and my brother because we don't my parents don't curse like cursing occasionally and we were on a disneyland trip and my mom goes okay i understand you guys are older and if something happens and you like you know say a curse word as long as it's not like one of like the really bad ones like the <laughs> f word or like the sh word you guys mm. you guys can i i get you're older i'm just gonna have to get over it and wow. later we were eating bread and you know like the butts of the bread yeah my mom was like trying to fit in being like yeah you know if you say stuff she goes oh yeah my favorite part the ass bread and Whoa. We were like, what i would love if your mom was so, like added whole the and, asshole bread and so and so now the butts of the bread are ass bread or if wow. you say ass in yeah, my house it's, it the ah, she's a bread. rebel yeah uh, my she, mom was, she loves a good cuss. <laughs> my mom didn't like. She loves a good cuss. My mom didn't like me swearing uh, when I was growing up, but then uh, it kind of was okay. At one point, I I used to swear quite a bit more um, than I normally do. Uh, and That's my, a lot. Yeah. Well, you remember, like when I first turned eighteen and nineteen, Poop I was it. into like oh, shock. Yeah, you. Were... I was really into shock. Uh-huh. Uh, shock. So just like shock people, you know what I mean? Just really get a lot of. You were the shocker. Yeah. Fuck you, Spider Man. And. Um, that's a deep cut for Marvel fans. <laughs> uh, and and then my mom kind of just like got over it. And then actually, weirdly enough, a couple years ago, my dad started being like, 
not liking the way I speak anymore. And then I started this podcast, and it's just Dude, out the window. It's gone at this point. Melissa's family listens to this podcast, and they haven't said anything. They're kind of they're. I'm really boring. shocked at some of the things that that go unsaid, and the things that my mom does bring up, mm-hmm. like the things that my mom has a bone to pick with with us. I'm always like. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be this other joke, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, okay, sure. Hey, but no, I'm all for it. I'm all f- uh, for uh, minimizing how much we censor ourselves. I and mean, if we're if we're aspiring comedians, it's all about saying what's on our minds, and it, it is kind of our jobs to speak freely. I, I do want to say, if we can get back to the movie, absolutely. When uh, D Reynolds comes in, and she yes. and she t- she treats uh, Danny McBride like dog shit. She's terrible. She's so fucked up to him. Like the way she speaks to him, and you can kind of see. Casey kind of sees it. Um, mm-hmm. We're saying her name different every single time, huh? Cassie, Casey, something. Um, she, yes, she, yes, you are. Thank you. <laughs> um, she she sees it, and you can kind of see like why he's so frustrated with this ex wife. Um, yeah. He does end up killing her with a brick in one blow. Yeah, hits well, her with one blow, and because it's straight to the face. It's not even from it's coming from the side. It's straight to the face. And do you remember what her six. face looked like after it, the brick blow? Yeah, messed up. Her eye was kind of sunken in. Just one of them. And it was, it was like looking like in the other when, direction. Uh, homeboy got his face beat in by Negan. Oh, in Walking Dead. Yeah. Spoiler alert. He's a. I'm not even gonna spoil it. I'm people it might still Rick. be watching. <laughs> it was Carl's little sister. Yeah, you kind of got really close to a spoiler. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Um, if, although if you haven't seen The Walking Dead and you're listening to this podcast, um. Save yourself. It's a, it gets real boring after season seven. <laughs> it does. I'm it's, over it. Yeah. Anyway, back you, to the movie. Real quick, sidebar. What's up? Do you remember watching the first episode of The Walking Dead? Crazy. Do you remember? Why, I, we watched it together, dude, in that, the doll room. Darius at improv practice. showed it to us. Yes. He was like, "There's this new well, zombie movie." You guys gotta movie. watch it, and we were all like, mm-hmm. "Okay, we're down for it." That's in. That's insane. I just blew your mind, and I'm sorry to jump. We back watched the it. first episode of The Walking Dead together. together. That shows. That is a testament to how long we've been friends. It's gross. Um, one of my favorite lines that Danny McBride says is when he's using duct tape to tie her to the chair. He's like, why is duct tape so sticky? <laughs> what else are you going to fucking use, he's like, Danny it's McBride? It's so hard to rip. Like, <laughs> Danny McBride's a weird He says character. some great... I, I think this is the best Joker movie I've ever seen. Danny McBride is the Joker. In, in like, a way. His huh? weird, chaotic... Like, cause you can almost see why he's doing these things, but his like reaction and why he like, you can see when Cassie says stuff to him and he realizes like what's been a lie and like it clicks in his brain a couple of times that Cassie's been lying to him and he like calls her out on it and like watching a crazy psychopath who you've just watched murder two people in front of you realize that you're lying is one of the most frightening things it I've was ever terrifying. seen. It was terrifying. I thought it was going to be a joke because yeah, when, when she, when she's like, she says like, Oh, I have a daughter back home. And then he looks at, it, he's like, man, I really hope you weren't lying to me about the daughter. And she's like, no, I don't have a daughter. And then he like looks at it and he's like, you're, fucking you're lying, lying to, to me. me. He like stops. It all is emo- terrifying. It's, it is so good. It is. There is a crazy beat change a little bit before that, before his ex-wife comes into the house where he is about to let Casey go. Cassie go. Yeah, he cut. He cuts. Yeah. Oh, my God. He's about to both cut the he's about to cut the tape. Right. So she can get out. What was that? I said both of them. Both Casey of them. And Cassie. <laughs> it sounds like we're talking about two different kids <laughs> at this point. But yeah, you guys know it's, what we say. it's insane because he's starting to believe her. He's like, OK, Cassie. I'm going to because, trust you because they start to build a relationship and, and she's like, I can help you sell this house. I can yeah. help you. And because they're in the same situation where they're both uh, 
they're both uh what is the the term for it like under the they're both water? Under, they're both underwater yeah. which means that they owe more on the house than it's worth mm-hmm. uh they were lied to by their realtor they both just got a divorce mm-hmm. they're both living in the same kind of neighborhood and have a kid that they don't want to lose yeah right um so he realizes they have all these connections and he goes to cut the the tape from her wrist so she can go free and he and notices he, a wedding ring and he says uh yeah oh i didn't even know you're married he's like your your husband's definitely gonna uh, be asking questions and she goes Oh uh, no, I'm not married anymore. Uh, I just use, I just wear it so that I could uh, sell my houses easier to my clients because she's a real estate agent. And he too. pulls the scissors back and he goes, "Do they you're, like give you a seminar on how to like mislead people? Yeah, how you're to lie to people? He's fucking like, lying you're to li- me. You're no better than Seth Rogen. Boom, and then knocks her out too. This movie is suspenseful, so, scary, and funny. So now he's killed his his ex wife and realizes that Casey has a daughter and that she her daughter's at home." Sidebar, can I talk about how much I hate this daughter? She is saying, like, I've gained Uh, 14 pounds this summer, and she's trying to do fucking Thai bow in the living room or something, and she's not doing anything. She's, like, flicking her wrist. And she's constantly, and when they're, spoilers, not to jump to the end, when they're running away from Danny McBride, she, like, falls and stuff, and she's constantly like, oh, my knees. My uh, my ankle. I I can't move. I want that. And and even Cassie Cassie at one point is like, what's he going to do for you? What is he going to do for you in this moment? You? you are running for your life right yeah. now. This girl is complaining that she rolled her ankle and that she cannot move and that she wants dad. Once she hears Danny McBride's voice, what does she do? She gets up and she moves. This girl was lying Going. even in a moment as pivotal as uh, her a life or death situation for her and her mom. Mm-hmm. She this, this fucking girl is complaining. Always complaining. So Danny McBride goes to the house to kidnap her too because he realizes he can't have... Uh, a loose end. Yep. And my favorite part is when they're driving back to his house. Mm-hmm. He's got her tied up sitting in on the floor of the car yeah. with a bag over her head. And she's like talking shit. She's like, who the fuck even are you? And he hits her right in the face. Yes. And he's like, Ugh. I'm so sorry. You know, I have I'm kids. sorry. I have kids of my own. That, that was, was really mean. I'm that sorry. Mean. I didn't mean that. I didn't mean to hit you. <laughs> she's wearing like a burger bag. Yeah. She has like some of the best lines honestly it was very odd danny mcbride at times is very stupid but at times is very smart in this film uh in the position that he's in then he goes then he gets back to the house yes uh and he has the daughter and cassie and he goes cassie you lied to me again he goes you told me that my house was nicer than yours i was just (laughs) in your house ceramic italian tiles do you know how expensive that is this guy's really into his houses into like, like interior design how much these houses these model houses are worth i do mm-hmm. also i don't remember what this quote is from maybe you can fill me in yes. but it was it, the quote is i was such a handsome boy that was i think that was danny mcbride yeah but i can't remember the context i just I don't wrote the, that no i don't remember that at all but he was saying that a bunch um yeah i have this note here that says fuck the daughter she's a fat fuck bitch Wow, that's very specific. Because by the end of this movie, but I agree. I really did not like the daughter. I dude. did not. She was. Oh. So he has them all. Uh, the she does actually escape at one point. Cassie does escape, mm-hmm. and she gets to the. She calls the police, and David Allen Greer is the sheriff on duty. Mm-hmm. Ends up being the only sheriff in town, uh, and so they're trying to find the house. And of course, because it's a track home, every third house looks the same. They can't find. Or they're having difficulty finding the house. And she goes, no, this is the house. This is it. They go into the house. As soon as the the door opens, someone sprays David Allen Greer with, with pepper, pepper spray. Then he turns and shoots that person Blindly in the head. Blindly in the head. And he's like, who did I shoot? 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 Casey comes in. She's like, oh, shit. This isn't the house. He's yep. like, this isn't the house. Before we can even comprehend what's going on, David Allen Greer's head explodes. Yup. 
Danny Dan McBride standing there with a big ass revolver cow revolver with a long extendo fucking 12 inch barrel dude these headshots remind me of like in red dead redemption and we're yeah. always gonna bring up red dead redemption if you're shooting someone in the head five or six times the skull shatters and it breaks every single death in this movie is like that kill i do want to say every single death in this movie that that danny mcbride does is like a fucked up kill mm-hmm. except for and this is going to be really controversial the dog. <sighs> when he kills, when he shoots that dog, that That's is right, maybe folks. the only justified kill. And I hate that I have to say that, but that dog was viciously attacking him and that dog was probably going to kill him. Mm-hmm. That is maybe the only true act of self-defense in the whole movie. But I feel, but that's the dog's purpose. The dog probably was able to sense that this is a hostile character. This dog must have witnessed that. Um, Danny McBride is covered in blood. He's covered in blood from the dog's owner. owner. So at that point, the dog is doing his job. And is just defending or getting revenge on uh, Danny McBride. So I don't think it's justified at all. Listeners, we do have to preface, a uh, dog does die yeah, in this it's, movie. It, but you don't see, you don't see it. it. It's it's fine. Um, when Danny's chasing Casey, Cassie, Cassandra, Cassandra, Cassandra. and her daughter. Guys, just stick to one name. One name. CC. CC. <laughs> We're going a whole CC different name than we've said the whole time. <laughs> So when, when Cece and her daughter are running, at one point they're hiding in the sewer, and Danny McBride is like gonna like head him off at the end of the sewer, uh-huh. and like there's this really well done tense moment of where you're with Cece and her daughter looking out of the tunnel, yeah, and then the camera cuts to Danny McBride looking into the tunnel. It's crazy, and they're and you know they're gonna have to meet eventually, and so they finally go out of the tunnel and. Danny McBride's actually like a hundred yards down at a yep. different hole on his phone. Playing a golf playing game. Golf, and I just think it's hilarious that he's distracted by such a trivial. This is what phone I'm talking game. about. He is in moments he is so dumb, but in moments he is so smart. So, he was able he's to the Joker, dude. Yeah, dude. He is the Joker. He was able to predict that they were in the sewer line. He was like knocking on it and he kind of like knew that they were in I'm there. Gonna get you. Even when he was going to kidnap uh Cece's daughter, he goes up to the door. And he's yeah. so dumb. He has uh, CC's phone in his pocket, and it rings because Spoilers. the daughter's kind of smart and well, calls the mom. What he what what makes us kind of think he's almost smart for a minute is he knocks on the door and Cassie kind of opens it halfway, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Hey, your mom just got in an accident. Yep. She sent me down here to come pick you up." And Cassie's like, "What? What do you mean?" And he's like, "Yeah, it's been bad. You need, you got to come with me." And she's like, "Hang on." She starts calling her mom. And that's when we find out he has the phone in, yep. in his pocket. And he comes up with bullshit reasons as to why he has her phone. But what was smart is when he actually gets inside, he <laughs> knew immediately that she was going to call the cops, right? Yeah. So, so he picks up the landline. Opens the line. Mm-hmm. And so when she dials it, he pretends to be the dispatcher. But again, that is shadowed by his stupidity. Because yeah. to get into the house, he smashes a window to unlock the doors, yep. to open the front door and walk through the front door this still. freaking guy. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of... Uh, you applaud him at, at some moments, like, okay, that was a smart move, but then you kind of just want to smack him up the head. I almost don't want to spoil too much of the end because I do really want people to watch this movie. Uh-huh. Um, and so I don't want to get too far into what happens at the end. Yeah. Um, would you be okay with leaving this episode a little bit of a secret for our, our, our friends and our family? Otis, Michaela, are you guys going to be butthurt if we leave it open-ended? Because you guys haven't seen this movie. No, because and- now I want to watch it. Yes, <laughs> that is our goal as podcasters. I'm very intrigued to watch this yeah. movie. But don't ever use butthurt towards me again. Why can't I use... Oh, Because he got really butthurt once when... Our butts <laughs> Never mind, fine. forget about uh, it. Otis is the butthurt boy. <laughs> hey, 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 baddies, don't ever... Don't, don't do that, baddies. Otis the guilt trip king. Otis the butthurt boy, BHB. <laughs> Dude, my best impersonation 
nomination to vote is. Hey, I don't fucking care, man. I don't even fucking care, man. <laughs> I don't even fucking care. Man, <laughs> fuck me right, but I don't fucking care, man. Uh, this, fuck, fuck you. Fuck, and fuck you. Fuck this, you. This is my Otis impression. Uh, th- this is you my, guys don't even do it right. It's, <sighs> that's that's exactly what I did. Wow. That was, I mean, his was pretty. Thank you for this ASMR segment. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a Pepsi uh, we're commercial. Also, a uh, ASMR channel and a mukbang channel. So mukbang. check us out. I will eat a lot of poo poo. I would eat not. and whisper the entire episode. <laughs> this is uh, Cheetos. <laughs> Um, Christian, do you have a BPS? Ooh, this one's good. All right, this one's hard for me. Can you go first? Yeah. Also, sidebar, is it BPS or BPOS? Best uh, person on, on set. set. No, I I don't care about the I think three-letter three letter acronyms word. make better than four-letter acronyms. Yeah, BPS is what I'm going to stick with. Although, if we can make it BPOS. BPOS, that could stand for something completely different. Be possibly something different. So my best person on set awards is this is our show. This is our podcast. We make the rules. We are we make the rules. So my best person on set award is Danny McBride. Oh, I knew it. How can it not? B. Yeah. Um, also, there is another big name actor in this movie who I don't think we mentioned aside from the casting. Luke list. Wilson, dude. Yeah. Poor he, guy. He, well, we won't say too much more. Um, yeah. But Danny McBride is my best person on set of Ward. Acting up a storm. Every single line that he says is a joke or is a setup of a joke. It's crazy. It's, I think it is so talented of him to simultaneously be funny hilarious and terrifying and terrifying i'm telling you a joker-esque character like Absolutely. this is a different version of like the chaotic evil mm-hmm. of danny mcbride's character in this movie of all the movies and he's always a villain in every single movie this is the end 30 mm-hmm. minutes or less mm-hmm. he you know he's always playing this kind of a dick character that Vice will go principles eastbound and down he will go to the ends of the earth to get revenge pineapple express oh, but in this one game this is I know we could have, um, but <laughs> what? I think that's all of them. Keep going. Oh, keep going. I, I can uh, think of one other one. Hit me. Hit us. Hit us. Land of the Lost. Land of the. <gasps> oh, okay. Okay. No. 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 Don't bring it up anymore. We're saving that. <laughs> um, dude. But for him to be this movie really fleshed out his character. You were able to under you. From a service level, you might be able to be thinking, why the fuck is he killing all these people? But if you really analyze his situation... You can justify all of his... Well, no, you can't. All of his murders are no. are bad. But you can see why he did those There's things logic. and what led to his reasoning. I think another really crazy point about this movie is if you are a fan of true crime and serial killers and things like that, some of the traits that he portrays are very serial killer-esque. Yes. The... Um, wanting to make himself better and trying to do a different thing, but keeps getting caught up in this stuff. And then all of a sudden you're caught up in this like rigmarole of, of the murder and you're so mm-hmm. caught up in wanting to, to get away with it and stuff, thinking you're so smart. I think there is a lot to a serial killer because he yes. kills one, two, three, eight, including the spoilers, dog. eight. Uh, different people in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so he is a legitimate serial killer. Yeah. I, I and it's a mass murderer. I think so eight is mass murderer. Out. That at that point because there is a 
part in the movie where he says it can't get any worse than this. Yeah, he's so almost two more he's people. Like, Honestly, yeah. Um, Christian, yeah. do you have a best person on set award? It's gonna have to go to Danny McBride. I was trying to think deeper yeah. if it if anyone else deserves it, but like he is wow. the star of the movie. The the Casey Cassie CC. Yeah. My also, girl. <laughs> also a really great actress. She yeah. really holds it down. But I think the reason why I don't give her best person on set award is because she is playing the straight man. She's playing a very baseline character, a very grounded in reality uh, character. Yeah. And Danny McBride's boldness and bigness just really, he did, was doing a lot. He was. He he was. And I, I don't think that he just read the script and did the Danny McBride thing without really analyzing what he, how he should have done it. There was definitely a, a, a strategy behind playing this character. I think there's more to his character in the serial killer aspect than we than we even we yeah. are giving it credit for. Yeah. Before we sign off, I want to try one thing out. Yeah. I have a new segment for us. Oh shit. It's called Hate the Haters, Biatch. Oh, I don't know what's about to happen. So, I'm going to go to Rotten Tomatoes because Rotten Tomatoes is uh usually um what the score that we base our movies off uh-huh. of if it's low enough. And when, you, when you're looking up movies and you're trying to find the ratings for things, the three biggest ones that you'll find are usually Rotten Tomatoes, uh, IMDb, and then Metacritic or Common Sense Media tend to be the most popular ones for us. Uh, those are definitely the um, ones that we use the most. So in this uh, segment, we are going to read one Rotten Tomato critic review, a bad one, and we are going to shit on that hater because okay. you know what? Fuck the haters. Fuck the haters. Hey, if you a hater out there, fuck you. If you're Nick Cannon and you're hating on Eminem, <laughs> fuck you. If you're Nick Cannon and you think Wild and Out is good improv, fuck you. If you're Nick Cannon, fuck you. If you're f- Nick Cannon and you fucked up Mariah Carey's life, fuck you. Yeah, you ruined her by giving her twins, bro. She was so pretty before those twins. Dude. Ugh. Not that you babies should've... make people ugly, but like Mariah Carey... Not as hot as she was about seven years ago. And I know, and I, and I, and I know I'm being an asshole, man. Blah, blah, blah. Let's blah, continue blah, blah. being an asshole. Both you and I were in Drumline at some point in our life, and he did that movie called Drumline. And you drummed garbage, garbage. bro. I was like, that's like bro. eight and eights, bro. You ain't even what doing shit. the fuck? Shit. You ain't doing eight and eights. Ah. Correct. Dude, look at you your stick height, bitch. One. Oh, my God. God, oh, I'm walking here. The mu- <laughs> so uh, that has been a segment of our new play called How Did Nick Cannon Become the Sundance Kid? All right, here we go. Go. So Read it in its entirety. It'll be a short one. A film that's neither funny nor exciting, although it often seems to be straining to be one or the other. So it's I okay. It is both funny and exciting. Just like we established, this movie has some really good chills. Like there yes. are some turns and so if you really think about it, if you believe it, if you're just like in the movie, mm-hmm. because of course it's a silly thing. Like it takes place it within silly, four dude. walls of it's a fucking housing Danny complex. McBride, dude. Yeah. Yeah, but the fact that it'll be a surprising element that Danny McBride could be I was gonna say go in expecting bad Danny McBride. Mm-hmm. Because you're gonna see great great d mcbride acting from d mcbride yeah dude. for sure yeah if you want if you want multiple genres in one movie um this will this will be similar to that of tucker and dale versus evil but without it being that bonkers because this is still <laughs> somewhat grounded in reality that's right you've seen that movie that movie's insane <laughs> that movie's great i've kind of wished that it had bad reviews but it has pretty good reviews so we can't do that um 
But anything else, dude? I love this movie. I'm so happy we got to do it. This is exactly why I wanted to do a podcast. Dude, thanks for bringing this movie like Arizona. Yop. Yop. Thought you wanted to do a podcast to hang out with friends and. Hey, dude, we get to hang out. You're, you and Michaela are sitting in this room with us, hanging out. Otis, we're going to have to talk about your role a little bit later off mic, because <laughs> you have talked far too much in this episode. Not Team enough. Fact Checker got himself a mic. All right, you can follow yeah, me at Christian Has Asthma. You can follow me at call underscore me, Jesus. Y'all want to plug yourselves over there? Yeah. But also say what your handles are on Instagram and stuff like that. Go check out my... Uh... IG page for photos. It's pics by underscore OP. You haven't changed it to photos by Otos? You can also hashtag photos by Otos. Dude, let's make that a hashtag. That is a hashtag. Photos by Otos. Hashtag photos by Otos. And I am Mickey G. Mickey like the mouse. G like the letter. And three E's just because. That's gangster. Just because, guys. That's gangster. Um, I would like to leave it on a serious note and mm. let everybody know that I'm thankful. It's not Thanksgiving anymore, but oh, I am wait, also not th- thankful. Oh, okay, then I take it back. Then I take it back. Then I take I'm it back. not no, thankful. Forget about it. Yeah. I am unthankful. Follow the podcast at ICBTB Podcast. That's not that camera's not on anymore. Um, I'm pointing at nothing then. <laughs> follow the podcast at ICBTB Podcast. If you're not following it already, what the fuck are you doing? But also just like follow us, dude. It's yeah. not that hard. Hit the button. Yep. Farm and Flower sponsor us. Bye. Or bang. You guys have more money.